Hey, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Grandma Ashley, come on up. Um, this is Ashley, and uh, she is representing our drama team for one of our ministry teams, and she's going to help me with uh, a little illustration here. Um, what do I have here is a, a genuine plant. Can you confirm that that is a, a plant? It's a nice little plant. Yes, it is. It is a nice little plant. Thank you. And then this is a, a watering jug, and can you confirm that there is water in the jug? There is. Okay, good. Um, so would you take and just, would you put a little water in there? Wow. Can we give her a hand? Nice job. Uh, would you say that the water is life to the plant? Very much so. Yeah, very much so. So the plant would actually die and would cease to exist because it's of the water being gone, for example. If there was no water, it would be kaput. Yeah? Nicely put. Okay, thanks. All right, good. Um, so, so, so let me ask you guys, which, which part of this, this whole thing, which one is the life giver? It's not the water. Ashley. Ashley's the, the life giver. The water is the life, right? The water's the life. Ashley's the life giver. Can we give Ashley a hand, please? Thank you, Grandma Ashley. All right. If you guys want to get involved in drama, talk to her. Uh, she'd be the one, and she'll be next door uh, during our, our uh, ministry fair, and you can talk to her about that. Uh, you know, the beauty of, of life is that every single one of us, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we are called to be life givers. We are called to take the water, the living water of Jesus Christ, and give that, pour that, whatever, however you want to talk about it, into the lives of other people around us. And, and our job is, as a life giver, to take what Jesus has given us and give it to others. And you and I have the awesome privilege of being able to do that. Think about this. God lets you do that. He doesn't have to. God could do this all on his own, but he chooses to let us be a part of his story, his grand story. And, and the beauty of that is, is that you and I as life givers can take the living water that God has planted in us and give it to other people. The question is, is are we? Are we giving others life? See, there's really two people in this world. There are life givers and life takers. And you're one or the other. And as followers of Jesus, we're called to be life givers. Now, now we put this into a mission statement, seeing everyone love God, love people, and do something about it. Now, we have kids in here, and it's interactive Sunday because it's family worship Sunday, so y'all need to stand up. Stand up. Come on. Stand up. So you guys are going to, we need to remember this, seeing everyone love God, love people, do something about it. We've put actions to it, all for the purpose of reminding you to be a life giver as you go out from this place out into the world. So, seeing everyone. Everybody remember what it is? Seeing everyone. Look around. Look at people. Look around. Good. Seeing everyone. All right. Love God. I love it. I get everybody to raise their hands in church. It's so awesome. Love God. All right, and then love people, hug somebody, give them a big hug next to you, or just hug yourself, hug yourself, or hug somebody next to you, ask them first, make sure they're okay with it, don't mind violating everybody's space, and then the last thing is do something about it, and the way that we remember that is interlocking arms with each other, 
Because we're not alone in this. We're together in this. We are the body of Christ. You as people, myself, we're a part of this together, locked arms together to do something about it. Good. So seeing everyone, seeing everyone, love God. Nice. Love God. Love people. Hug somebody. Hug yourself. Um, And then do something about it. Lock arms with somebody. All right. Excellent. Good job. Sit down. Way to go. We're, we're, called, we're called to be life givers. We're called to be life givers. And I love what John 15 verse 6 says. And if you read this in context with all the rest of John 15, it's amazing what Jesus is talking about here, about abiding in the vine, and that as a part of abiding in the vine, we bear fruit. And notice what he says, you did not choose me. Check this out. You did not choose me, but I chose you. How awesome is that, that the God of the universe chose you to bear fruit, to be a life giver, and that that fruit would abide, that fruit fruit would remain, that fruit would be eternal, that the life that you give is eternal, and that God, you didn't choose God, God chose you. You are a special creation to God. You, you are his handiwork. You are, you are the one that he has knitted together. He chose you. <laughs> and that's amazing. That's amazing when you think about, when I think about all that I have done in my life and the choices that I have made and the ways that I have sinned against God, yet he chose me to be involved in giving life to others and being a part of his mission. What an incredible, amazing God that we serve. And we get to see this God on display in Matthew chapter 20. So if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to start in verse 25. Jesus is talking with his disciples. They've actually just had an argument about who's the greatest among them. Can you imagine these this group of guys? They're they're all they're they're just they're arguing about who's the greatest among them. And even one of one of their moms comes and asks Jesus, Jesus, can you, when you are in your throne, would you let my sons sit on either side of you? That's I mean, that's a good mom, right? She's wanting to look out for her kids. That's cool. But Jesus is like, whoa, hold on a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Verse 25, Jesus called them to him and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Be a servant to all. Give your life for many. Notice what's not mentioned in those 
verses. What's not mentioned is where to do that. What's not mentioned is what age you have to be to do that. What's not mentioned is the education level that you need to have in order to do that. What's not mentioned there is passions. What's not mentioned there is the quantity. What's not mentioned there is how much experience you have. What's mentioned there is be willing to be a servant, be willing to give your life, be willing to give life to others around you. And then he goes on in verse 29, and he doesn't just say it, again, he proves it. Verse 29, and as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him, and behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out. Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Look what the crowd does. The crowd rebukes them, telling them to be silent. Life takers. Life takers. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And I love what Jesus does. Why? Because he's a life giver. Stopping. Jesus called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be open. And Jesus in pity touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight, and check this out, and followed him. You know, I wonder if I was there that day, would I be in the crowd saying, stop, be quiet. Stay away. Jesus doesn't have time for you. Hoarding to myself this gift of life that he's given me. And Jesus, being Jesus, being the ultimate life giver, he stops. He stops and he meets them at their need. And he does a miracle in their life and they follow him. See, life givers are all about trying to help other people find that peace and joy and hope for their soul, to follow Jesus. A life taker, all about me. I'm the center of my universe. I'll do what I want to do. It's all about me. Everything's about me, and I'm going to do whatever I have to to protect myself, not Jesus. Jesus was willing to serve Others. Jesus was willing to give his life away so that others could have life. See, I wonder what would happen if every single one of us chose to be like Jesus to everyone we see. Not, not, notice what I said, to everyone we see, including the annoying family member. Some of y'all laugh because you know it's true, including the annoying neighbor, coworker, sometimes even your children. Sometimes children are going, sometimes my parents, annoying. Many of you kids would say that, right? Don't say it out loud. Um, everyone. Jesus even said, love your neighbor, or love your, not just your neighbor, but he said that, but also love your enemy. The one that you would, would hate, the one that you would loathe, the one that you would 
would, would not even have anything to do with love your enemy. Do good to everyone. What, what, if, what if we chose to be like Jesus and see everyone the way he sees them? See, it's, it's one thing, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, it's one thing to know what you need to do, it's another thing to do it. And, and so, so as we think about that, I want, I want you to, to come face to face with some scripture because I believe through these these few verses, it brings Matthew 20 to life. It brings this illustration to life. Because if you and I are going to be life givers, we need to understand where does that come from? How can I be a life giver? And notice what Ephesians 2.10 says. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship. That word workmanship means work of art. You are God's work of art. God's work of art, not somebody else's, God's work of art. You, my friend, are God's work of art. No matter what anybody else is telling you, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're telling yourself, God wants you to know you are his workmanship. You are a masterpiece to God. You are a work of art to God. You are his work of art. Why? He created you in Christ Jesus for good works. And again, we talked about fruit, we talked about good works. All of these things are giving life to other people. Good works are actually God works. They're God works. They're in Christ Jesus. They are God working in you and through you. And the beauty of this is, is he says, for you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand. God has prepared beforehand in you to do good works, to be a life giver, to give you everything you need in order to give life to other people. And if you're sitting here believing a lie about yourself, that you're, no, that you're no good, that you have nothing to offer God, that you're too old, that you're too young, that you're too whatever, in order to serve God, you need to understand that is not coming from God. That is coming from the enemy of God, Satan himself, trying to trick you and lie to you and deceive you into thinking that somehow you have nothing to offer God. God created you as his perfect work of art. You are his masterpiece. And again, it doesn't say age, doesn't say location, doesn't say education level, doesn't say any of these things. Why? Because it's not about those things. It's about Christ in you. It's about Christ in you, and no matter it, how, what age you're at, no matter what education level you have, no matter what your passions, no matter what your experience is, God can use you. Why? Because you are his work of art. You are his masterpiece. You are his workmanship. And you've been created to do good works. And he says, walk in them. That means to practice them. That means to have a habit of God works. So here's number one. You need to understand this. Come face to face with this. You were created for good God works. That's why you're here. That is why you're here is you were created for God works. You were created for God works. He wants to work in and through you no matter where you're at. 
dear man that used to come to this church, he was in his 90s, he was dying, and he said, I am going to do whatever I can to make sure every nurse, every hospice person, every doctor that I see knows that I know Jesus. And he did up until his last breath. He understood this principle. He was created for God works, and it didn't matter his age, didn't matter his circumstance, didn't matter whatever, all these things that we like to put on as qualifiers, God is the ultimate qualifier. And with God, nothing's impossible, my friends. With God, all things are possible. You go back to John 15, and it talks about apart from Christ, you can do nothing, but with him, you can do all things and bear much fruit. Give much life away. I love what Hebrews 13 says. Hebrews 13, verses 20 through 21. Again, I would encourage you, write these passages down. Why? Because you can go back to them, study them later for yourself, and let them pour over you in your soul. Now may the God of peace, the God of peace, who does what? Who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. (laughs) God brought Jesus from the dead. And we dare say to God, I have nothing to offer you. How could you possibly use me? I am all washed up. Oh, no, you're not. You serve the God of the universe who brought his son Jesus back from the dead. And one day, he's going to raise every single one of us up from the dead. Why? Because he's alive. And, and, And we say to God, God, you can't use me. I don't have any talent. I don't have any ability. I don't have, I don't, I'm, I'm too whatever. No, you're not. You were created by God for God works. Look what it says. The great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, look what he does, equips you, in other words, gives you everything you need. Notice what it says. Equips you with everything good, everything God that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God, God equips you with everything you need, everything good that you need in order to do God works. So here's number two. An all-powerful God gives you all you need for good works, for God works. He gives you everything, an all-powerful God, think about that, an all-powerful God gives you everything you need in order to give life, to give life to other people. You and I, we serve this all-powerful God who gives us everything we need in order to serve him in order to, to see everyone love God, love people, and do something about it. God. God does that in you. God does that in me. This all-powerful God does that in us and through us by the power of his son Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that resides within us in our soul. And, and, and the beauty of this is, is that it's not about you. It's all about him. It's all about God. It's all about saying, okay, God, 
You're the one that gets the glory. You're the one that gets the honor. You're the one that gets the praise for this. I just want to be a vessel. I just want to be a servant of you. I just want to be one that says, God, here I am. Like Isaiah, Lord, here I am, send me. Send me where you want. Send me however you want. Send me to whatever location you would have me to go. Help me to do whatever it is that you call me to do. And the beauty is, God says, I will. I'll do that. If you're willing, I'll do that. If you're willing to be a life giver, I'll give you everything you need in order to give life to others around you. Galatians 5, 13 through 14. We talked about this a little last week. But through love, serve one another. All these terms, serve one another, good works, fruit, all of these things are all about giving life to others. Serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Principle number three, so important, you are called to do God works. You are called to do it. God is calling out to you to step up and do God works, and he will give you everything you need to do that. Everything you need. Here's here's the question, though. Do I believe that God can use me for God works? Do I believe it? See, it's one thing to say you know it, it's another thing to do something about it. It's one, it's one thing to say, okay, I, I, I understand that, but do you believe it? Do you believe that God can use you to give life to others? Here's, here's what I know. If you never let God work in and through you, you'll never know the answer to that question. If you, if you don't try it, if you don't get involved in something, you'll never know. And, 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 and listen, I, for 20 years as a youth pastor, I saw people who would come to me who had a passion for God, they had a love for God, and, and they wanted to get involved in youth ministry, and they tried it out, and for some of them, they were like, oh my word, I do not like teenagers. Cool. Here's another area to get involved in. Maybe you like kids. Maybe you like older people. Maybe you like special needs. I don't know what area of ministry it is that you need to get involved in, but what I do know is God has called you to get involved in something. And it doesn't just have to be here at harvest time. Why? Because the building is not the church. The, the, the us gathering together is not the church. You are the church, I am the church, and wherever we go, we are the church. So be the church every day, everywhere, because it's not just here. You're on, you're on mission, you're on ministry wherever you go. At school, at work, at play, wherever you go, you are the church. And so do ministry, get involved. 
Maybe, maybe your thing is not. I mean, next door we have like 35 different ministries that are represented next door. And there's going to be people next door, and they're going to, they're going to be talking to you. And, and hopefully you'll take this serious, and you'll be like, I want to be a life giver. I want to do something about it. I want to get involved. I'm not sure how. Listen, the only way you're going to know is if you get involved. And maybe, maybe it's greeting. Maybe it's going around shaking people's hands. Maybe it's, maybe it's something else that's in the context of this church. I don't know. But what I do know is if you don't try, you'll never know. You'll never know. And, 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 and you're going to find out, yes, I mean, I worked at a, uh, a daycare for a summer. That was awful. I, I, I mean, I love kids, don't get me wrong, I really do, and I love the fact that we have kids ministry and all that stuff, and I've told you guys before, God did not call me to be a nursery worker. I had, I had my own five, and that's all. And, and I, I, it is not because I don't like your kids, it's not because I don't love your, your child, uh, that's not it. Um, I just am not called to coddle babies. I just am not, I, that's just not me. Uh, I'm not patient enough. I am, I, uh, I don't, I like to move around, and, uh, and I just can't do it. Now, teenagers, love them. Love teenagers, love, I love junior high students, they're my favorite. Um, and uh, because they're just so much fun, and they haven't yet figured out that they think they know it all. Um, and so you can still give them a box, and they'll play with it, and it's kind of cool. Um, but high schoolers, they get to the point where they're like, oh, I know that, I'm so beyond that. Um, sorry, high schoolers, I love you, but uh, you do. Um, so, so get involved, but you won't know until you try it. Try it. Get involved in something. Why? Because we have the opportunity to pour life into others. Others here at church, others in our community, uh, others in our nation, others in our world. We have one of our missionaries here today. Her name's Glenda. She's here with CEF, Child Evangelism Fellowship, and she'll be next door as well. And lots of opportunities that she has in our nation that you can get, or in our state, actually, in Illinois, that you can get involved in. Um, and uh, I would encourage you to talk to her. And uh, she has been uh, so helpful in us having um, good news clubs and public schools in our area in the past. And we're excited about doing that again in the future. And uh, she's here, and so I would encourage you to talk to her. Um, I, I want to say, before, before we go any further, I just want to say a big thank you to Becky and to Reagan and to Deb and to all of our ministry team leaders. Because honestly, without y'all, um, this church would not be able to do what we do. Without the youth leaders, without the children's workers, without, without the, the folks that are next door doing the dinners for, for funerals, without folks working with our senior saints, without, without people that are willing to do stuff like Stephen's ministry, we need people who are willing to step up and be involved in that, ladies especially. Um, you're going, man, I don't know. Ladies, get involved. Be a part of it. We need you, desperately need you to be a part of that ministry. Um, there are so many areas you can get involved in. And be the church every day, everywhere. The question is, do you want to be a life giver? Can I, can I just ask you a question? This is an apple, by the way. I don't know if you can see that or not. What is the potential of how many apples 
can be can become a reality from this one apple. Well, how, how many? It's endless. Why? There's seeds inside this thing. And as those seeds fall in the places that they fall, trees grow up. And guess what? On every tree, I don't know how many apples are on the average tree, but there's a lot. And every single one of those then have the potential to reach a whole lot of other apples. (laughs) So do you want to be a life giver? Because if you want to be a life giver, one life giver can make a multitude of difference beyond what you can begin or even think and even imagine. Why? Because it's not you. It's the Spirit of God that's in you that's at work. It's Jesus working through you to be able to help you give life. And you have the opportunity to be a life giver by being the church every day, everywhere, wherever you go. Speaking the name of Jesus into people's lives, living it out in front of them, letting them see who Jesus is through you. Are we going to do that perfectly? No. I wish I could say that I water that plant perfectly. I don't. And it's obvious. There's some things on the leaves and stuff that are like, oh, there was a little neglect there. Yeah, there was. Because I don't do it right. I don't do it perfect all the time. But I try. And here's the deal. If you don't try, you'll never know. You'll never know. And I'll tell you what. One of the greatest things in the whole wide world is knowing and feeling the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through your life into the life of somebody else. There is nothing greater than that. I'm telling you. You want to get all excited and whatever, be a life giver. It's amazing. Because you know what happens? When you give life away, you get life poured back into you. And it fills your soul. When I talk about how's your soul, let's talk about how you're serving other people. Because that reflects your soul. Be a life giver. Will you close your eyes, bow your head? Can I ask you a question? Is there something that's keeping you from being a life giver? What's keeping you? What's stopping you? You serve the God of the universe. And listen, we can't force God, but here's the deal. You can't stop God either. If he's for you, who can be against you? What is keeping you from full-on serving Jesus with your life? Maybe you're concerned, worried about your future. Maybe you're worried about this, worried about that. Listen, don't let worry ruin your day. What can you add to your life, Jesus said, by worrying? Not anything. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things. Everything you need will be given to you. What's keeping you from serving Jesus? What's keeping you from bearing fruit? What's keeping you from God works? What's keeping you from being a life giver? Maybe it's that you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. In just a minute, we're going to sing a song. There's going to be some people down here, down here at the front. There's going to be some people at the back. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you need prayer, about it, that you come down, and, and no matter what, no matter what it is, love to be able to pray with you, love to be able to just uh, say, hey, I'm praying for you.
And uh, as we do that, I want to encourage you to also be thinking, what can I, next door, when, I, when this thing's all over, I want to go next door, walk up to somebody who's at one of the tables and say, I want to be a life giver, how can I be a life giver? And they'll tell you, what's keeping you? Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? Again, thank you for all of those that are serving. Man, so many of you are doing that here at church, out in the community, wherever you're at. Let's go. Let's make a difference for Jesus. Let's go. Let's do something about it. And let's be life givers. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Thank you for your son. It's in his name I pray. Amen.